Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to today's episode, which will likely deal with some dark topics and sometimes sweary words. So listener discretion is always advised. For ad-free and bonus episodes, click in the link in the show notes for exclusive content. You can support the show at buymeacoffee.com or by giving me a rate, writing a review, or subscribing to future episodes. And with all my marketing blah 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 out of the way, on with the show. A Million Other Choices is a true crime podcast, and as such, we do discuss some dark topics that might be triggering for some. As you are a true crime listener, I support you in your curiosity. However, having lost a family member to homicide, my message is always to remember not just the victims, but the families and friends left behind, and also the officers, detectives, and prosecutors that work tirelessly for justice. There are links to make monetary donations in the show notes, but more importantly, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends and press that fifth star on your listening platform to help me grow the show. I hope you enjoy the following episode. A Calgary man has been sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 10 years for murdering his former girlfriend. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of A Million Other Choices. As always, I am your host, Kim. I hope your week has been going great. Today's case is another Calgary case and was a suggestion by Taylor's BFF Jade. So thank you, Jade, for this story. This case highlights two areas of concern, I think, with regards to young adults. In Canada, the age of consent is 16. It it can be as low as 12 if the other party is less than two years older, which I think is gross, and can also be 14 as long as the person is less than five years older. However, nobody under the age of 18 can legally consent to sexual activity with a person of trust, such as a coach or a teacher. In today's case, the victim was 14 at the time of being sexually abused by a 22-year-old, so cannot be considered a relationship because because 
calling it a relationship would imply consent. However, the exploitation was ended when the victim turned 18 by the victim herself. And then the story goes south from there. So for me, it is also an example of young love, of how young love can go very wrong, and I think demonstrates the importance of talking to your kids about, and I'll say quote-unquote relationships, whether legal or illegal, and how and when to end them. Learning, like, actually how to do a breakup and what kind of signs and red flags to look for afterwards that things might go south. I think it's a, it's a, it's another example of a life skill that they should be prioritizing in schools instead of something like algebra, which these days you can just Google if you need to. Now, I'm not saying that the parents in this case did anything wrong or neglected to do their part. I think that they did everything that they could do. But, you know, I, we say to our friends sometimes, friends and family, you should break up with that guy. He's, he's kind of creepy and, or there's something, something wrong with him. But no one ever talks about or tells you how to do a breakup safely and what to watch for that maybe the breakup didn't go as well as you thought. Or, you know, what happens if they, they kind of freak out, start to throw things, get angry. Breakups are sort of, they're cusp points in a relationship and they can really go sideways. And I think that we need to, you know, forget about feeling bad and and worrying about if they cry. We should be more worried if they won't stop calling us afterwards or they start making threats. So in this case today, I am going to refer to the victim as being in a relationship. But I want to be clear that I am not saying that there was any legal consent to any sexual activity prior to the age of 18. This is the murder of Stephanie Novak. Stephanie Ann Novak was born on March 11, 1988, to parents Wayne and Pam Novak. She had two brothers, Alex and Chris, and a sister, Nikki. From a really young age, Stephanie was a very active kid. She had played soccer from the time she was just little with the blizzards and was thinking about teaching soccer to young kids when she got a little bit older. She was a huge animal lover and had worked with rescue animals at the pet store here called Petland. And of course, she had her own dog, Maggie Mae, that was often by her side. She was a good student who graduated with honors from William Aberhart High School and was living in the Northwest community of Citadel with her parents. She had enrolled and started classes at SAIT for business administration. Stephanie was a kid that um, you didn't normally have to worry about. She never had a curfew when to come in. She never, um, she didn't drink. She didn't go out and party. She straight-A student, finished high school with a rather full Rutherford scholarship, was on her way to another scholarship in, in business at SAIT. The only hiccup in an otherwise idyllic childhood came at the age of 14. Pam had signed Stephanie up for a city soccer league. Stephanie had always loved and excelled at soccer, so joining a youth league seemed like the next logical step and one that Pam hoped would lead Stephanie to a new group of friends her own age and keeping her just physically active. Her soccer coach was Vong Vu, a 22-year-old immigrant from Vietnam. 
He had become a Canadian citizen along with his family after he had arrived in Canada. Vong, like many a creep before him, had a thing for young girls and took a particular liking to Stephanie with her waves of blonde hair and youthful athletic body. He made her feel special and beautiful and knew how to address a 14-year-old's insecurities. Boo started what he would consider a relationship with Stephanie that Stephanie kept hidden from her parents and her siblings because she knew that they were not going to approve of the age gap between them. Now, to Stephanie, Vu was just her boyfriend, and her parents would have seen him as a predator, and, and rightly so. And this is what I'm talking about as far as teaching this stuff in school or having real discussions with our kids about relationships, again, whether legal or not, and yes, at a very young age. I remember being 14, and I look at pictures now of my 14-year-old self thinking, like, I was totally hot back then. I could roll over on my side and everything stayed in one place, and, and everything was just young and skinny. Certainly before menopause decided to make me grow a beard for no particular reason. But at that time, I remember looking in the mirror and hating everything. Like, I remember thinking that I was literally obese, and I was five foot seven and 135 pounds. So at that age, and with those feelings, a 22-year-old telling you that you're beautiful is not something you're going to see as predatory. And I don't think it matters how confident you think your teen is. Trust me, she's not. At least not in her own head. At that age, we're almost hardwired to hate ourselves. I mean, in my head, I could almost hear the conversation. If a grown-up tells a 14-year-old her relationship with a 22-year-old is gross and creepy, what the girl hears in her head is, so you think it's gross and creepy that some guy finds me beautiful, therefore you think I'm gross and creepy. It's, it's just how teenage brains work. I think we just need to be more proactive and talk about this stuff more when kids are a lot younger so that they grow up Understanding that when a guy calls you beautiful and he's more than a couple of years older than you, it's inappropriate and avoid it. So by the time Stephanie was 16, her parents were starting to suspect that there was more to her relationship with um, Vu than just a platonic coach. He spent a lot of time over at their house and, and had sort of ingrained himself in Stephanie's life. And although they never held hands or made any overt displays of affection towards each other, at least in their presence, they still felt something was up. But both Stephanie and Vu denied it. And of course, Pam and Wayne, her parents, were pissed and had tried to tell her, like, no way that this is appropriate. But by then, her and Vu had this very tight bond. And of course, Stephanie would have believed she was deeply in love. And she was a little bit older by then and driving, so it would have been a lot harder to control her behavior or her actions. So Wayne and Pam actually tried to be somewhat accepting, not approving, but accepting of the relationship. And personally, I think that was probably the best way to handle it. I, I think don't try to avoid the actual facts and forbidding the relationship would have just driven them further into um into the relationship. And that might have meant like maybe a pregnancy or something. So I think they just tried to see it for what it was and hope that Stephanie would find someone closer to her own age. Um, but they were concerned about how controlling of her life that Vuk seemed to be towards Stephanie. 
But as a matter of fact, Stephanie did come to the conclusion on her own and in her own timeline that Vu's controlling nature was getting a bit old and she was tired of it. And she had, you know, recently started classes at Sate and was ready to start this new chapter in her life. So in February of 2007, after about four years with Vong, Stephanie told her friends that she was ending it. And at that time, Stephanie was 18. On the night she ended the relationship, she was pretty worried that it was going to get messy. She knew that Vu was in love with her and had been very needy and controlling over the years. So she she knew he was going to take it really hard. In an email to a friend, after she had told him, she said, quote, Well, I think I ended everything with Vong. I wasn't planning on it until I saw him tonight. It was almost too easy and it makes me nervous. It makes me worried like he knows I'm going to be home, home alone for the next two weeks and he knows my schedule for the most part. End quote. Unfortunately, Stephanie hadn't really chosen the best timing for the breakup because her parents and her younger brother were going to be in Mexico or were in Mexico for a couple of weeks on vacation while she had stayed at the house, house sitting the way she was going to classes and taking care of Maggie May. In the afternoon on February 28th, 2007, which is about six days after she'd kind of given Vu the news of the breakup, she received a text from him. Quote, Steph, I don't know where to start or how to tell you how I feel, but I miss you so much. My life is empty without you. End quote. Later that day in, in the early evening, Stephanie had made plans to spend the evening with a friend who is unnamed in the articles I read, but we're going to call her Ashley. So when Ashley arrived, she didn't get an answer when she rang the doorbell, which she thought was odd since they had made these plans only just hours before. Just moments before Ashley arrived, Vong's brother had received an anonymous phone call from him saying that he loved him and that he was going to leave him all his possessions and that he had done something bad. So Vong's brother and father decided to go out and try and look for him, fearing that he was depressed about the breakup and might do something to hurt himself. So the first stop they made was at Stephanie's house where they encountered Ashley, who was trying to text Stephanie to open the door for her. Now, fearing for Stephanie, they contacted Stephanie's grandma and grandpa to come and check on her since they had a key. Stephanie's grandma, Eileen Paulson, was the first to enter calling around the house for Stephanie. Stephanie's bedroom was in the basement, and she found her, to their horror, on her bed and had been strangled. They found Vu unconscious and bleeding from stab wounds to his arms and necks with like silver colored paint covering his lips and mouth like he had drank directly from the, like directly from a can of paint. He was in the furnace room. So obviously they called the police right away and Vu was transported to hospital with self-inflicted wounds and determined, and it was determined that he had drank some of, some of the silver paint intentionally. One of the articles I read said that hindering the police being able to talk to him was for his, quote, mental state. But I don't know how true that was. Stephanie's parents immediately got on the next plane to fly home. And I, I mean, I just can't even imagine what that would have been like for them. Vu made his first court appearance a few days later, where he was formally charged with second degree murder. 
He was ordered to undergo a psychiatric exam to determine if he was fit to stand trial. The CBC reported that Selena Howell, who was friends with both Vu and Stephanie, had said, quote, I don't know the details and I don't know if I can actually believe that he did it. It challenges everything somebody believes in, end quote. After serving two and a half years in the Calgary Remand Center, he entered a guilty plea to second-degree murder, claiming that he had no memory of the murder itself, but admitted that he had killed her, um, and this was in April of 2009. Mr. Vu took a look at the situation and, and gave me the instructions to enter the plea here today as he has, wanted to save and spare the family's ordeal of going through a trial. He was sentenced to the automatic 12, 25 25 to life sentence, but with an eligibility for parole after 10 years. Vu kind of tried to apologize to the family at the sentencing, referring to the family as, quote, you guys, um, and said, quote, one thing I wish I could change is how it went down. I know this will haunt everybody, but this will kill me for the rest of my life, end quote. So what I get out of what he's saying is, you think this is hard for you, but what about poor me? Well, that's kind of my take on it. The family didn't accept his apology either, saying, quote, he is a predator, that's point blank. We didn't want him around, Stephanie. He came to be because he was a soccer coach and a soccer coach who abused his position. About the sentence, her brother Chris said, I disagree with it completely. Ten years isn't enough for her. I think it's crap, personally. We will be devastated for the rest of our lives. It will never be the same. It will always be way different. I wish this on nobody. In her victim impact statement, Pam, no Pam Novak, Stephanie's mom, told the court how she had screamed and screamed and screamed when she was told her daughter was dead, and she talked about the moment of being led into a room full of caskets to pick one for her precious baby girl and what that had been like for her. She said she would just now hold Stephanie's clothes because they still smelt of her, and much like my sister and I did, we imagined all kinds of horrors of her last moments before she could learn the details in court. Wayne Novak, Stephanie's father, said in part that his safe and secure haven of a home has been desecrated by a senseless act of violence. He addressed Vu, addressed Vu saying, Vong, you betrayed an open, loving, trustworthy family. Short of having your head on a platter, the best we can get is 10 or 15 years. Stephanie's brother talked about Stephanie's brother Chris talked about his fear now of having kids in an unsafe world, which he had been planning with his wife before Stephanie was killed. But it was Stephanie's grandma Eileen that put grief into words and said, "When a young person dies, the future dies." Ten years as a minimum for a life taken is not justice, and the justice system. And it's, it's only a legal system. There is no such thing as a justice system. Since the murder of their daughter, the Novaks had set up a scholarship in memory of Stephanie and is awarded to young women who embody Stephanie's qualities in regards to academia, athletics, and community service. This is also an endowment fund, very much like the Taylor Toller Fund, and it's through SATE called the Stephanie Ann Novick Memorial Endowment. Pam went into counseling and was later diagnosed with PTSD, which caused hand tremors and led to the end of her nursing career. 
In March 2016, after serving only nine years due to the stupid time served as one and a half days credit for every actual day up to sentencing, Pam and Wayne traveled out to the Williams Head Institution, often referred to as Club Fed, the minimum security facility where Vong Vu called home in Victoria, B.C., They had come out because Vu was up for day parole and they planned on attending the hearing. Despite not being eligible for parole in a sentence, you can still apply for and get day parole. The system's a bit ridiculous in that regard. Pam and Wayne were disgusted at the conditions Vu was forced to live in during his incarceration, finding that, quote, he's in an absolutely beautiful location for a prison. It's appalling. It's outside Victoria on the island, right over the banks with beautiful views out to the ocean. Inmates can wear their own clothes. They live in townhouses. They don't live in a cell. They order groceries for their townhouse and they cook their own meals. If it was a resort, I probably couldn't afford to go there. Now, just so you know, Williams Head Institution has tennis courts, a baseball field, picnic tables, and open expanses where inmates are free to wander around, and they are, of course, encouraged to meditate. They also have a theater that puts on shows for one week a year. It used to have a six-hole golf course for the inmates to use, but they did shut that down. I guess that's kind of where they decided to draw the line. Fortunately, at the hearing, he was not granted day parole, but was given permission to work in the community, which is kind of the same thing, isn't it? He'll be eligible to apply again every six months until he's successful. Pam said, quote, whenever there is a hearing, we will be there. We will be there for Stephanie, end quote. I couldn't find any recent updates since 2016 if he has been paroled but I would imagine so as he was only 28 when he was sentenced and the justice system likes to spit them back out while they still have time to either use their time served as a lesson or ruin someone else's life before they get too old. And due to COVID, I imagine they are letting all kinds of people out, deeming them to be fit in regular society rather than spreading COVID within a prison Now, before we finish, I want to talk about this matter of teaching kids about breakups. I scoured the internet for a program anywhere or any articles targeted at young adults about breakups. And the best I could find was a a couple of articles from domestic shelters talking talking to your kids about domestic violence when they're exposed to it. And then a New York Times article about break, like sort of breakup etiquette which is a good idea too, but not quite what I was looking for. Here in Canada, we do have a great program called Child Safe, which offers really great classes to kids of of all ages. And they have classes on, um, you can get your babysitting certification there. Um, They have a home alone safety program. You can get your first aid. The best that they offer sort of in regards to this stuff is a course on internet safety, which I think I actually put both my kids into. The prices are really reasonable and they offer really great advice to kids about safety. But in that one, they only really talk about like cyberbullying and then not giving out your personal information. They don't really go into any relationship stuff. Now, I have said it before and I will continue to say it. Gavin DeBecker, who is a world-renowned security specialist and has he had co-designed the Mosaic Threat Assessment System 
He's done a ton of work on violence prevention. He wrote two books many, many years ago that are still very relevant, The Gift of Fear and Protecting the Gift. And in Protecting the Gift, he gives some really great advice about talking to your kids about relationships and breakup safety. And in the meantime, before you get those books and digest them, I'm just going to tell you the warning signs of violence so that you can pass that information on to your kids. And just a few tips, and I think they're really good tips that I could find on breaking up safely. So as far as warning signs, um, multiple arguments in the first few months. I know that especially with teenagers, their relationships often only last a few months. But if they're having a number of arguments in the very early times, that is a good warning sign that the person that they're with maybe might have some issues. If they do the drop in, they show up at your work or they show up, you know, they just kind of show up where you're, you're going to be. That is a huge warning sign. Monopolizing your time, and just calling a lot to make sure that you are where you said you were. Now, these warning signs might seem really obvious to you and I, but to young kids and young adults, some of these things can look very much like love and caring, right? Like, I I just missed you so much, I wanted to see you, or, you know, I just want to spend all my time with you. I just, I really care about your safety. I want to make sure that you're okay. Um, but when you're aware of them as warning signs, you can bow out of the relationship a lot earlier. Like it's a lot easier to, if you see things like this, to bow out after a first date and not after six months when you're, you're in it, you love the person and you want to, like, you really kind of want to overlook some things. Now, when it's time to break up, number one, practice what you're going to say. Be honest with the person, but not brutal. Have an exit strategy for when the conversation starts to go in circles, which you know a lot of times it will. And after you've done it, do not continue contact, at least for the first few weeks, even if you think it went amicably. Do not respond to texts or phone calls and do not meet with the person, even if they say it's for closure or just to say goodbye. They are trying to manipulate you if they are trying to continue that contact. And I think most importantly, always have someone with you. Even if they sit at a different table or they wait in the car or at the very, very least, tell someone your intentions and when and where you're going to be and when you expect to be finished or be home. And of course, always meet in a public place in case they become angry. And that was the murder of Stephanie Novak of Calgary. I hope you will join me again next week for another case. Thanks so much for listening.
Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.